facets of marketing too, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe you are great at communications and you want to work with the media and then you go right. into public relations. Maybe you're really interested in the sponsorship side of things and you either want to sell sponsorships or secure sponsorships. Uh, you know, perhaps you're, you're good at sales, right? Yeah. Or yeah. Um, again, some of the things that I've done, the athlete partnerships and event partnerships, right. do you want to you know, help sign those contracts or do you want to help build marketing plans? and welcome back to the Sporting Level Podcast. And today I'm here with Andrew. And Andrew, first of all, thanks for taking the time. How's, how's everything going? Everything is great. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me and looking forward to the conversation today. Absolutely. Well, you have a very interesting background and we're going to dig, you know, a lot into, you know, what you're doing, uh, the things that you've done in your past and a little bit about, you know, things that are coming up in the future. And first and foremost, you know, I, I thought it would be cool to just, you know, lay out a little bit, like talk a little bit about how, I guess, your journey in the sport and began. Just just take us from like, I guess, where that passion came from and uh, a little bit about your journey. Yeah, I mean, I've been really fortunate to have worked in the sports industry for about 20 years now. So been very lucky to to do that. And it all started, I think for me, growing up, I was a, a big sports fan, like so many kids were. And yeah. really, baseball was my biggest passion growing up. Grew up in Boston, huge Boston Red Sox fan. I remember, right. yeah, like at four years old, you know, staying up way too late watching Red Sox games. And yeah, then I, you know, played sports for many years, uh, primarily tennis growing up. And then I was very, very fortunate to get an internship working for the Boston Red Sox, which was my start to my career. So <laughs> being a Sox fan and working for the Red Sox was incredible. Yeah, no, yeah, I can't imagine. And just, it's kind of like a childhood dream, right? <laughs> Without, without a doubt. And at that point, you know, the sports industry was much less developed than it is today. So right. I didn't even realize someone could work in the sports industry. <laughs> so to then yeah. have my first job be with the team I grew up loving was, as you said, yeah, dream come true. Awesome. And I mean, like, we can't all be, be, be players. So, you know, sometimes you got to get the, the, the front office tour instead. <laughs> That's exactly right. Sometimes I joke around and tell people I played backup third base, but right. uh, but no, that doesn't last for too long. But still happy to have made it somewhere within the within the team, even if it was front office. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. And obviously, you know, you're a marketing executive now for for sports and healthy lifestyle brands with with, with obviously a top of the line blog, which I think a lot of people are already knowing about and, and talk a little bit about you know your path to making one of the most recognized blogs in the field like just a little bit about that journey you know starting your blog you know making it what it is today and, and again like specializing more into the you know healthy lifestyle you know sports brands approach yeah well i when i was working for red bull the energy drink company the, the blog really started because I was reading business books and productivity books and trying to just become better at my job. I was right. trying to figure out ways to be more successful in my role at the time. Yeah. And what I would do was just read books. Then I would um, either underline or highlight as I was reading 
And then I would even transcribe out, uh, you know, a one pager or, mm. you know, what my key learnings were from that book. Right. right. And initially I was doing this just for myself. And then I think it was in yeah. a conversation with my brother. He said, you know, you're spending all this time reading these books and, and writing down what you're taking away. You should publish that. And so yeah. initially the blog started by just publishing the the one pagers or the takeaways right. from the business books that I was right. reading and then over time uh, you know it became a combination of learnings from things that I was reading but also things in my own life that are that were working right. initially all within business productivity that side of things yeah. and then over time got closer to sports and really all around sort of nutrition, healthy lifestyle, and the habits that, you know, people can have to right. live healthier, longer lives and kind of perform yeah. better day in and day out. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that, that's really fascinating. I think you're touching upon also something really important in terms of just that continuous, you know, uh, learning process and just always looking to kind of like, how do I better myself in the role, like in my personal life? And I mean, like, I think it's just, you know, something important for, for, for the students here listening, you know, to just make sure to grab those notes, you know, when you're reading your uh, a book or, or something that you think is interesting along the way, because again, you never know when you might look back at it or utilizing it for, for, for something like a project, like a blog. I think that's right. Yeah, there's, there's so much to, to learn for everyone, regardless yeah. of what stage you are in your career. And you can learn a lot on the job, but I've learned a ton from books. I, I read a lot and it all starts from sort of a genuine curiosity or what I'm right. interested in. And I think that's what's helped to make my blog successful is it all starts with stuff I just want to know myself. And then right. I'm kind of writing it for me somewhat selfishly, <laughs> to be honest. And then yeah. people have seemed to benefit from it. And so it kind of, it works out all around. So that's, that's awesome. been really, really fun. Yeah. I mean, like, plus I think it's a good point too, because I, I feel like, and I know this, you know, from, from my, my days, you know, studying as well. I, I think sometimes, you know, even if we're very young and kind of ready to go, we, we sometimes think we're kind of done learning, <laughs> you know, when you graduate and you're like, ah, oh, now I'm ready to do, you know, all the stuff that I learned in school and I, I'm just going to, you know, use my skills, but, but it is like just a continuous learning, you know, and always being hungry, curious, you know, and obviously humble along the way, which is, you know, extremely key in the process. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like the longer I've uh, I've worked in the industry or been in my career, and sometimes it feels like the less I know. The world changes so fast, right? So right. just uh, continuously uh, be open to learning and and kind of being a beginner again at a lot of different things. I think is is really healthy, regardless yeah. of whether you're starting out in your career or you've been doing it a really really long time. Oh, hundred percent. So as I think with that, we can just wrap up and we're all good, good on tips <laughs> now, but, uh, on a serious, serious note, obviously, uh, you know, you mentioned a little bit of a, in the beginning as well, nearly, you know, 20 years of marketing experience, you know, and, and you work with, you know, iconic brands such as New Balance, uh, Cliff Bar, you mentioned Red Bull and Red Sox and obviously the Dodgers as well. And, and I wanted to like, just dive a little bit and, you know, what were some of the key lessons that you learned about sports brand marketing? That, that you would like to share, you know, with the with the people listening. Yeah, I mean, it's a great list of brands I've been fortunate to to work for, and I think one of the things that really stands out is all of those companies 
are not only selling a product, they're really also selling a lifestyle. And Mm. I think that's really important for sports marketers or brand marketers that people generally don't just get excited about about your product. They get excited about trying to identify with the brand in some way. And whether that's wearing New Balance clothes or drinking a Red Bull, when you do that, it sort of says something about you as a person and and who you want to be. And I feel like it's the brand marketer's job to create an aspirational brand that, that people want to be a part of. And I think a lot of it starts with knowing who you are as a brand and, and, and what you stand for. And, you know, a couple examples from my career, uh, you know, and Red Bull, I think taught me probably arguably the most in my career and everything they, they stood for was giving wings to people and ideas, you know, really helping to make people's dreams come true. And everyone knows gives you wings, but you know, that, that was the outward expression of, of who they were as a brand, who they are as a brand yeah. and what they stand for. And everything really flowed from that. So all the crazy stunts they were doing weren't random. It was all in service yeah. of that, of that mission. And so right. I think, I think that that's really important for every brand to know is who is it that we are? What do we stand for? And then yeah. how do we make sure everything we do kind of follows through that, um, through that lens? Yeah, kind of like the core identity of, of a brand and essentially the image that that, that you have and want to, want to portray to your audience or, or consumers or, or what it might be. And and I, I think it's interesting, obviously, the, the examples you're bringing up. And if you wanted to talk a little bit deeper into the lifestyle approach from these brands and, and perhaps, you know, cover some some key examples that, that, that you've seen throughout your your 20 years in there, like what were some things that you felt like have stand out you know putting a little bit on the spot here i guess (laughs) yeah well i mean not even necessarily just what i've done but you know to take that red bull example a step further of giving wings i mean they they send someone you know down from space and you know someone jumped from space right and that was making that person's dream come true there wasn't even an energy drink i think shown in that project overall and many right. millions of dollars spent, but it was in service of that. And, yeah. you know, same thing, they built Sean, uh, Sean White, uh, a private half pipe right. to train for the Olympics, right. all to help his dreams come true, right? And, yeah. and to give him him wings. So those are some good, I think, examples there. Uh, as it relates to New Balance, New Balance uh, stands for being uh, fearlessly independent and they really yeah. have an independent spirit. It's the only, uh, privately held independent, you know, major athletic company. And I think, right. you know, to, to stay within the sport example, they really partner with athletes and properties that also have that independent spirit. And I think you're seeing, uh, you're seeing now an athlete like Coco Goff, who's young mm-hmm. and kind of doing things differently. And a lot of people say will be the new face of tennis. Right. Um, you know, she really has that indisp- independent spirit. And so finding the right uh, ambassadors to, to fit with you is another yeah. good one. Cliff Bar, all about adventure, right? And feeding right. people's adventure, both yeah. with the product and nutrition, but also that aspirational outdoor lifestyle. And so, you know, you see the, the rock climber on their packaging and very involved in, uh, you know, mountain biking and rock climbing and surfing right. and, 
and making sure that where the brand shows up very much fits with sort of who they stand for and, and who they're going after from a target right. consumer. Yeah, and, 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 and talk a little bit more deeper, I guess, in a sense on, on the whole, you know, I, I guess in a sense, aligning the brand and identity with ambassadors and athletes and that kind of approach, like ju just making sure that you find the right fit, like what are some things that you've seen and I guess utilize and learn along the way on, on, on that sort of uh, collaboration? Because I know, I mean, like now more than ever, I mean, like this is a critical part, both from an organizational standpoint and the brands, but also for the athletes, you know, in terms of revenue sources and so forth. That's a great question. And we're very much, as you know, in the influencer age, right? Every brand is trying to, uh, you know, align with an influencer and create quick awareness and think that it's going to pay off in product sales right away. And right. honestly, the things that I've seen to be most successful are the ones that are truly authentic. Mm. It is the athletes who authentically use the product oftentimes you know in, in my career it's been the athletes going to the brand and saying i love red bull or mm -hmm. i love cliff bar or i would i'm already wearing new balance right i yeah. would love to partner with you these are the products that i love this is a little bit about me and it's the personality fit and then right. it's the authenticity and the organic um, connection there. Yeah. That's, that's what works. I've always found long-term partnerships to be much more beneficial, both for the right. athlete and the brand yeah. than, um, you know, influencers posting something one day and the next week they're posting something about the competitor. I just, right. I've always had, had trouble with that and found that it doesn't really work all that well. So, so, so let me let me twist it a little bit though, because obviously you know you're talking like about obviously established brands, you know Rebel, New Balance, Flip Bar, all this. I mean, like it's obviously you know a very um, you know something that is very like common and and well known among among the athletes. But but say it's like a new brand, right? That are coming up and and are going to attract these athletes. You know that doesn't have that you know relationship or image yet. How how do you kind of approach that? That's a great question. It is definitely harder for newer brands. I think it does start with knowing who you are as a brand, what you stand yeah. for, what your brand's personality is. A lot of times that can come from the founder of that company, sure. uh, takes on sort of the personality of that founder. And yeah. then through a little bit of research, you could probably put together a short list of athletes who seem to exude the you know qualities or characteristics that your brand also has, and then right. make outreach to them. Yep. Yeah. I think that uh, product seeding is very, very important, uh, both for consumers, but also potential athletes or ambassadors. Right. Send them the product, get it to locker rooms, get it to coaches and trainers and nutritionists. And then through that process of getting your product out there, people will come to you and say, I love this. I tried it before mm -hmm. my workout or my game. It really worked. I'd love to discuss uh, you know, what a partnership could be like. So. Right. I think it's it's the personality match um, and those characteristics, and then also getting the product out there and seeing who really likes it. No, for sure. And I think it makes a lot of sense. It just comes down to the core identity, right, of, of any company and brand. And knowing that first is going to help you with a lot of those approaches and decisions you're going to make uh, in terms of branding and strategy and, and athlete approach, I guess, for your influencers and your ambassadors. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if it is a startup or smaller company, 
you may have to do some some deeper research. It probably won't be LeBron James that you're partnering with right away, yeah. right? But it could be a lesser known athlete who's on their way up uh, yeah. and kind of almost doing some talent identification with some athletes who are on the rise as opposed to ones who are already there. Right. I wanted to I wanted to move on a little bit, obviously, because you're also a certified sports nutritionist and. Talk a little bit about like how you've been utilizing this knowledge when, when you work with, you know, brands such as Rebel, Cliff Bar, and, and just, just kind of like that knowledge into, you know, the current role that you have today. Yeah, it's a good question. Yes, I sort of took my passion for nutrition and got a, a sports nutrition certification a few years ago. Funny enough, it was when I was working for Cliff Bar that I really developed the interest in nutrition. Yeah. Living in the living in the Bay Area where Cliff Bar was headquartered, definitely a foodie culture, as you know. Yeah. Uh, and and Cliff Bar people cared so much about the ingredients that went in the product and sort of kitchen crafted and all of that. So that's where my interest started. I didn't actually use any of this background with those brands. That was sort of the the, the origin story of my interest in this space. And then over time, you know, I've just become so much more interested in how food affects the way that you perform in sports, that you perform through your daily life. And so that's what led to, to the certification. And now the primary outlet is my blog. I, you know, I'm writing probably, if not every day, several days a week about nutrition for health or performance or longevity. And so, yeah. I really just do that to write down my top tips and then hopefully help help people as well. But hopefully I'll combine that and help with, <laughs> help with brands as well on the nutrition front. Awesome. And then enjoying some good food, good and healthy food along the way in California, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I loved, I'm, I'm now living in Boston, but I love my yeah. time in California. Such a great uh, yeah, food culture. That's where it all started. So very grateful for my time. There. Awesome. Yeah. No, I, uh, I mean, like as a, Norwegian were a very pale, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> flavor yeah. palette. You know, it's uh, it was it was different coming to California, living there, and trying all the food. You know, but it was it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so obviously, sticking into the whole you know health fitness industry, and and as you know, it's it's often you know is is a bit critical side i guess in a sense but but it's often promoted you know the health and fitness industry uh promoted through unrealistic trends and standards that you see all the time and, and talk about how crucial you know research data is in the in the process of you implementing it into your blog the content and just you know the vast amount of information that people receive today how do you kind of you know ensure the the quality i guess in a sense and why you know, the research and data is so important in the work and, and bringing out, you know, good quality information and content. That's a great question. And it's another reason why I started my research and, yeah. and started my writing is because, as you know, I feel like so much of the advice out there either conflicts with other advice, it's right. confusing. You read one thing from a health and fitness guru and, you know, something totally different from somebody else. And yeah. so everything that I try to write about is evidence-based, meaning right. there was some, at least some scientific study that was done well that shows this type of an outcome mm. and what we can learn from it. And I think 
I think it's so important. There's a, you hear a lot of stuff out there about the latest supplement or pill or drug or new technology. Yeah. And really that's not the stuff that I'm interested in. I'm interested in what are the things that are practical and actionable that almost anybody can do basic yeah. lifestyle things right. like exercise, like eating a healthy diet, right? That are proven to help you be healthier and live longer. And yeah. it's it's really the basics and the fundamentals that I'm most interested in, not right. the you know latest trend or fad that's out there. Right. And, and, and that's obviously interesting, right? Because obviously a lot of people are appealed to the trends, to, to you know, the fads out there. And, and for you, obviously having such a successful blog and, and reach, talk a bit about like, I guess, a little bit of your, your, your strategy and approach to kind of, you know, making sure that, you know, people see this and obviously engaging with it too, which, which is obviously a, a, a big part of making it a success. Yeah, I try to I try to make it as easy as possible for people. Right. I mean, there are things that are not that hard to do. Things yeah. like exercising for 30 minutes a day. It's right. not that hard to do. And if you're not currently exercising, walking for 30 minutes a day. Yeah. That alone, going from being sedentary to walking 30 minutes a day yeah. will do wonders for, for someone's health, right? right? And that's something that takes what? two or 3% of the time that you're awake. I mean, it's really no time. Eating yeah. more fruits and vegetables, right? Filling half your plate with fruits and vegetables. Like that's a, that's a really easy thing that will probably add years to your life, right? It's these very simple, basic things mm. that I try to focus on, not the, you need to, you know, do high intensity interval training and, you know, weightlifting 10 hours a week. It's really right. like, what are those basic things that yeah. almost anyone can do to yeah. live healthier? Um, because that stuff makes a huge difference more than the, you know, latest, latest supplement or kind of diet pill that's out there. Right. Right. No, it makes, makes total sense. And before going into kind of like the, the last question here, I wanted to ask you a little bit like, Obviously, where where can people find this this sort of information? Obviously, what's the best places to to check out your content, the blog, and uh, and, and give, give us? I, I know you touched like briefly on some of the topics, but but just give us like an overview of like what people can read and discover uh, on on your blog and content. Yeah, thanks for thanks for mentioning. So anyone can read uh, my writing at my personal website, which is andrewmerle.com. I also write on Medium, uh, so you can you can find my writing there. Also at Andrew Merle, I'm on Twitter at Andrew Merle, and I tweet a lot about these topics. I think if you uh, if you follow me, you will read a lot of articles about health, performance, and longevity. I write a lot about nutrition, so nutrition that either can help your sport performance or just help you live healthier or live longer. I've studied the blue zones, uh, right. places around the world where people live the longest. So nice. I write about them and, and their sort of lifestyle habits yeah. Uh, yeah. quite a bit. So those are um, those are some of the topics that you can uh, that you can expect. But anybody who's looking to be healthier, looking to live longer. I think you might enjoy some of the content that I put out. Awesome. And then, and then, then just, you know, I, I wouldn't say province, but at least uh, it would be awesome to see some of your content in the Sporting Global platform, you know, to uh, with a group of obviously young people's few future leaders in the industry. They're always passionate about learning, you know, hungry. They're obviously why they're listening to the podcast as well to, you know, 
get get them out there. So I would love to see some of the content or 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 just some some minor tips here and there in the platform. So so the community sees it would be would be great for sure. Yeah, that'd be great to to get it on there. And in addition to writing about just general healthy lifestyle, I've also written about some of the things that I think have given me a competitive advantage in my sports industry career. And right. So some of those habits to make me more productive and, yeah. and to do better within those organizations, I think that could be interesting potentially for your audience. 100%. And I mean, like going into the industry, you know, as a fresh fresh graduate, you know, going into the the, the fast-paced sport industry, I, I think everyone will, will appreciate any tips that you have. <laughs> and, awesome. I, and I think that that just leads me to the to the last question. I know like it's a perfect, perfect way to wrap it up. So we talked a lot about, you know, different kind of things. And uh, if you want to you ju just provide like some, uh, a few key tips for students, you know, looking to get their foot into the sport marketing world. Uh, and how do you stand out? It's a little bit too, too edge, a quote question here, but, but a little bit on the tips and a little bit about like how, how to help you kind of stand out in the market. Absolutely. Well, I think uh, I think Sport and Global will hopefully help a lot of people uh, and will be a great resource. I think probably the number one tip that I could give people is to figure out your unique angle within the sports industry. What about your interests or passions or skills would make you valuable to an organization? Yeah. Uh, and to go a little bit deeper on that, I think it's not enough to just say, I love sports and I want to work in the sports industry because everyone loves sports and wants to work in the sports industry. <laughs> exactly. It's it's how do you match what you're good at and interested in and add that to sports? So for me, it's all been within marketing, right? That has been my experience and my skill that I combine with sports. For someone right. else, it could be I don't know, finance, right? And or it could be data and statistics that you're adding. Maybe you're, you know, super passionate about real estate and you help sports teams expand their physical footprint uh, in the area where they are. And I remember when I was at the Red Sox, they were uh, expanding way beyond Fenway Park throughout throughout mm. Boston and yeah. in that greater area. So point being, do something uh, uniquely to yeah. add to a company and show that you can provide value there. And then I think that's what will, uh, will set you apart. I also think, yeah. I also think just getting, getting your, getting your foot in the door any way that you can. A lot of people start, you know, entry level positions with a team in the ticket office or something. If you do get a look at something, I started as an intern, try yeah. to get an internship when you're still in school, right? Yeah. Take any job that you can, because often from that point, it's the relationships and the network that will help you get your next one. That well, makes make, makes total sense, and it's it's extremely relevant for a lot of the people that are tuning in here. And 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 I wanted to kind of like expand a little bit on, especially on kind of like how to stand up. And the reason why I, I wanted to bring that up is because obviously you know, and you kind of mentioned it a little bit as well in a sense where you know, everyone everyone loves sports. Like everyone want to work in sports. And then if you kind of like go in the next step and say, oh, what do you want to work with? And then like a lot of people are going to go marketing. So it's a high competition site. So it's talking about like, okay, well, if you're into marketing and want to go in marketing, how do you, how do you kind of like elevate that just to stand between the, the, the second pool that are just, I want to do marketing. Great question. Again, I mean, there's lots of facets of marketing too, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe you are great at communications and you want to work with the media and then you go right. into public relations. 
Maybe you're really interested in the sponsorship side of things and you either want to sell sponsorships or secure sponsorships. Uh, you know, perhaps you're, you're good at sales, right? Yeah. Or yeah. Um, again, some of the things that I've done, the athlete partnerships and event partnerships, right. do you want to you know, help sign those contracts or do you want to help build marketing plans to bring sponsorships to life, right? The, those are... Those are all different. There's brand marketing where you're developing the positioning for a brand, like we talked about coming up with what you stand for as a brand and the personality of the brand. Yeah. At the lower levels of marketing, these are all specialties, right? right. And these are individual jobs. Yeah. And you can just say, this is what interests me the most. This is what I'm going to gain some skills in and, and get in the door that way. And over time, you can become more of a general marketer and, right. and do more. But even within marketing, there's a lot of different sort of subspecialties that you could uh, that you could go down. Makes makes total sense. And and with that, Andrew, I would like to you know thank you for for taking the time you know for for sharing your background, your insights, and a lot of great tips you know with with us in the community. And of course, you know for those of you who've been tuning in all the way at the end, you know, make sure to like the video, subscribe as well to our YouTube channel to make sure you get weekly tips, weekly tips, you know, from key leaders like Andrew sharing their tips and insights. And of course, if you haven't already, make sure to sign up at sportinglevel.com for connecting with like-minded people, you know, find relevant content courses, and of course, job opportunities to help you in the next, next step into the sport industry. So, so with that, Andrew, I mean, like I have one final little, uh, you know, I, I guess, what do we call it? It is like a tradition at this point. So I have to, I have to, it's like a challenge, like a tradition that we use on the podcast. So I have to, I have to teach you a little bit of Norwegian. <laughs> okay. I love it. <laughs> cool. Cool. So with every, every video we do, we always say, which means see you later in Norwegian. So that's what you have to say. There you go. Did I get Good that job. right? Awesome. All right. Awesome. I learned, learned something here. That was great. Yeah. There you go. You know, thank you so much, Andrew. And uh, we'll talk very soon. All right. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Awesome. Thank you.